Make friends with people who want the best for you. Right. Yeah. So, well, and it's a really, it's, it's a real technical idea. So, Carl Rogers, who's a psychotherapist, great psychotherapist, I'd, I'd very much recommend his books to people, especially if they want to learn to listen, because he was really good at teaching people how to listen. He had this idea that what he would manifest towards his clients in therapy was unconditional positive regard. And I've always had trouble with that because, well, because you don't treat your children, for example, with unconditional positive regard. You mean, so no conditions. matter what someone yeah. says, you're saying, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's well, that's, that's why it's tricky. Well, what he, what he, he didn't articulate it, I think, as well as he might have. What you want to do is, for your child, is that you want the best for the best in them. That's what you want. And that's what you want from people that you surround yourself with. Now, they'll hold you to a high standard if that's the case, right? Because whenever you degenerate in any of the multiple ways that you're likely to degenerate, they're going to like whack you on the back of the head and say, you know, clue the hell in, you know, you're, you're demeaning yourself, you're less than you could be. And there, there's real judgment in that. And it's harsh, you know, but with friends, it's the same thing. You want friends. They're not friends if they're not these people. You want friends who, when something good happens to you, they're, that's good for you, right? They're happy about that. They're not like all bitter and resentful underground and like saying horrible things behind your back and telling you how they did something that was better and trying to drag you down. It's like, that's not helpful. And then when something bad happens to you and you go to them and you say, look, this terrible thing happened to me. First of all, they don't try to top it with some like horrible thing that happened to them because they don't have the patience to listen. And second, they're not secretly gloating about the fact that catastrophe finally befell you. It's like they're actually hurt by it. And th that chapter is an injunction. It's like, take a look at the people that are around you. And if they're not on the side of what's good for you, then walk away because well, first of all, that's best for them too. If you put up with that, all you're doing is enabling it. It's like, well, it's okay that you mistreat me in a way that's harmful to me and everyone else. It's like, actually, no, that is not okay. It's not, in, it's not the least bit okay. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to help someone when they're down. That's a whole different issue. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What if it's your family? So you know how you say, like, walk away, right? Yeah. Do you still walk away from your family? Or do you kind You do if it's necessary. Yeah. There's lots of different ways of walking away. Oh yeah, you know, like create boundaries. Well, there's that for sure. There's yeah. that. I mean, you you sometimes someone's on an incorrigible path. Yeah. Like there's just nothing you can do. You know, maybe they're aiming down. Yeah. They're aiming down hard. And they're bitter and everything they do is to produce misery, virtually everything. Yeah. And you have to detach yourself from that. It's like I always think about it from the perspective of a lifeguard. So if you're training to be a lifeguard, one of the things that you're trained to do is to approach someone who's drowning and panicking mm. and the way you approach them is you put your foot out between you and them and you push forward with your hands with your foot out and you basically tell them if they're flailing about you say look I'm here to help mm. but you have to calm down and then if they cling to you like in panic you push them away you think well that's pretty damn cruel because what if they drown it's like yeah what if you both drown that's like not helpful you're you're there to rescue them they take you down you're both dead it's like fail right mm. so you say look 
quit panicking, I'll help you out, but I'm not drowning along with you. It's like, well, it's the same with someone in your family. It's like, if they're on a downward path and you've done your best, you know, you've, you've made your efforts, you've, and they're not paying attention, they're not changing. They say, yeah, well, I'll quit doing this. Yeah, I'll quit doing this. They tell you the same story over and over and over. It's a downhill path. You don't trust it. At some point, first of all, you stop offering your words. That's do not cast pearls before swine. A very, very harsh statement, right? But what it means is if you're offering words of wisdom to someone in the genuine attempt to help and they treat that with contempt, then shut up because you're demeaning your words by throwing them away. You think, well, how do you help someone who's aiming down? Well, sometimes you help them by walking away and saying, look, you're aiming down so hard, despite the fact you're my brother, man. It's like, you know, this is killing me. You're aiming down so hard, I'm not coming along with you. And the reason I'm not is to tell you in no uncertain terms that what you're doing is so terrible that I will even violate our kinship to oppose it. And maybe it'll take them 10 years to wake up to that, you know? And so that can be the case because, you know, people often have to be hit so many times before they'll learn. You see that especially if someone's addicted or otherwise pursuing a pathway that's like seriously downhill. Mm. So why should I think that you're actually trying to change? You're, you tell me the story that you use to justify your own idiocy to yourself. And then you tell it to me and you demand that because I'm compassionate, I accept it and therefore validate your excuse. It's really hard not to get tangled up in that, right? Because mm -hmm. if someone who's really in rough shape is telling you about why they're suffering, first of all, they're probably about half right in their story. Mm -hmm. But some of it's justification and excuse and blaming and all of that, failure to take responsibility. It's really hard to stand up and say, no, I don't buy that. No, I don't buy that. No, you're wrong about that. You have to be a brutal bastard in order to do that. But hey, Sometimes, like, surgery is brutal, yeah. right? It's brutal. And so, so this chapter about, you know, only making friends with people who want the best for you, that's a brutal chapter, you know? But it's right, unfortunately. Here's how you know if someone's your friend. A, you can tell them bad news, and they'll listen. They won't tell you why you know, you're stupid and, and why that bad thing happened to you and how something worse happened to them once and, you know, derail the whole conversation. You can actually tell them bad news and they'll listen. So that's a good thing. And then this is a weirder thing. You can tell them good news and they'll help you celebrate. And that's a really good way of deciding who you should have around you because if you have someone around you, you know, something good happens to you and you're kind of afraid to even admit it because, you know, God, something good happened to you. You let that be known and it'll certainly be taken away. So, you know, you, you come out and you sort of tell someone half-heartedly that something good happened to you and they, they give you a whack and then talk about, you know, some, the great thing that happened to them three years ago or worse, the great thing that happened to someone that they knew three years ago. You know, it's like, go away from that person. They're not helpful to you. You are obligated not to associate with people who are trying to damage the structure of being. Your being, the family being, social being, all of that. It's like, no, wrong, move away. And you think, well, you know, that's cruel. It's like, it's not cruel. You're sending a message. This sort of behavior is not to be tolerated. Plus, if you make a success out of yourself, let's say that you develop your character, well, then you're, in, you're a, uh, example and at some point maybe that's what that person is going to need is an example you know maybe they'll hit bottom and think oh my god 
I'm not on the right path. It's like, there's an example I could follow. So, and you can't justify it by compassion. And the other thing, you know, people don't exactly understand that they, it's okay morally to choose people that are trying to help you be better and to shy away from people who are going to drag you down. So you're not morally obliged to go down with someone else's ship. Now you think that's pretty harsh and pretty rude. You can't abandon a friend in need. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it is appropriate for you to look at your social surround and to make decisions. If, if you have a person who's hurting you and who won't quit and who's pulling you down, it's like that is not necessary. You are not obligated to do that. You go with people that are trying to elevate you.